She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts' advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. This podcast episode is called Choose Excellence as Opposed to Convenience. In this episode, we are speaking with Joe Templin, the author of Everyday Excellence, which was on the Kindle number one new release in professional development and is considered a multivitamin for life. Joe is passionate about helping people clarify and achieve their goals and dreams that align with their feelings and philosophies. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. It's such an honor. Can you give the guests a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I'm basically a human Swiss army knife, as my buddies like to say, or more like MacGyver. So I've got a really eclectic background. So Grew up um, the second of six kids, farm country. Um, I was legally dead from my asthma when I was eight years old. Obviously, I got better. Um, mm-hmm. At 10, I told my mom I wanted to learn everything there was to learn. Uh, 11, I actually started doing Taekwondo. I went to college at 13 because my parents said 12 was too young to go to college. Graduated uh, with my physics degree. Uh, started doing Taekwondo along the way. Won an international championship, started running. Uh, left working for the government, went financial planning, and then built a consulting career, started writing books. I think I've written 13 or 14 at this point. I don't even know. Uh, started ultra running a couple of years ago. I have three kids, two of which are special needs. Um, and that's basically it. Where oh you my God, you're this? a renaissance man. Like, No, I'm not a renaissance man because I can't draw a straight line even with a ruler. So you can say polymath or something like that but not Renaissance man, because I am definitely no Da Vinci. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. So Joe, what are the keys to excellence in daily habits? So the big key in this is something that Frederick Nietzsche talked about. And he said that if a man or a woman has a strong enough why, they will overcome any how. Or as Simon Sinek discusses, begin with why. So if you have something that is so important to you that everything else pales uh, in comparison, then you will align your life around doing it. Whether it's learning to play guitar and being the next Eddie Van Halen, or martial arts, or being the best parent that you can, or, a career that you just absolutely love, like you dreamed about being a doctor from the time you were a little kid and you're going to be the greatest heart surgeon of all time. You know, so if you have this just unbridled burning passion towards something, you will overcome anything that's put in your way. An example that I use is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, from the time he was 13, 14 years old and discovered bodybuilding, wanted to be like Reg Parker, who was... Uh, the number one bodybuilder, Mr. Universe and all this. And so Arnold built his entire being and structure around this. So he'd work construction, he'd take college classes, he'd take dance classes to learn how to move. And then he'd like work out for five, six hours a day. He would literally like pass out while working out, 
wake up and keep working out. And everyone's like, Arnold, why do you have such a smile on his face? It's because every rep, every sit up, every moment of pain is leading me towards my goal. Exactly. And he made it. Yeah. It's all a it mental game. Because it was so important to him and it became the core of his being. And so other people wanted it, but they weren't willing to make the sacrifices that he was, they, that you did for it. And so, yeah, there's some special genetics and all sorts of stuff like that. But if you have that absolute burning desire and are willing to make the trade-offs, any one of us can be incredible in things. I mean, I was having a conversation with on another podcast a couple of weeks ago and it led to this little side discussion. Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hour rule to become a master in something. Mm -hmm. I actually heard a variation of that 30 years ago from my Taekwondo master. Master Grant said to do a, a, a technique, you have to execute it 100 times. To mm-hmm. really understand it, you need to do it a thousand times. And to master it, you need to do 10,000 times. And as Bruce Lee said, I don't fear the man who has done 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man who has done one kick 10,000 times. So when I was on this podcast with James, we were talking about excellence and how you can build a multiplicity of skills. And if you spend one hour a day working on something, whether it's learning to play an instrument or learning a language, or mastering your sales skills if you're in sales, Mm -hmm. or studying something else. If you spend one hour a day, then you, at the end of three years, have amassed a thousand hours in that skill. And you're going to be pretty damn awesome. Yeah. You might not be a master, but you'll be incredibly good, excellent. And you can then add on an ancillary skill or another one. And so by building all these different skills, other people can become Swiss Army Knights too, by having breadth and depth within a whole variety of areas. And then what happens is you can start pulling from different things. So things that I learned as a classical cellist from Herr Doblin about phraseology, I was then applying with Master Grant about um, doing uh, patterns, forms in terms of cadence and phraseology there. And so that then combined with some psychology that I pulled from Dr. Hillman, allowed me to be able to talk about and execute better on selling and communicating because you then use this cadence concept that I drew from these different areas to then be even better in this one. And so it is this cross-pollination of ideas that can ultimately help bring about new concepts and unique capabilities within the individuals. Yeah, I agree. And I also think like what a lot of people need to work on too is mindset, you know, like having that, like not thinking of yourself as a failure or you can't do this or, oh, I just don't have time or who do I think I am? Okay, let's talk about the time thing first and then we'll talk about the mindset failure. Perfect. Okay, we all have 86,400 seconds per day. I don't care if you're Elon Musk, or you and I, or you know, a high school kid, we all get the exact same time per mm-hmm. day. What are you doing with it? How much time are you dorking around? Because I look at um, young professionals in certain fields that I'm coaching, and they literally waste five, six hours a day. They're like, oh, oh yeah. I'm working so hard. It's like, no, you're not. You know, your FaceTime utilization rate, the amount of time you're actually face-to-face with a client 
is like 25, 30%. I mean, you're going and getting your dry cleaned during the middle of the day. You don't deserve the freedom that you have because you can't control it. And so the lack of discipline is the reason why so many people fail out of that profession is because they can't handle the freedom that they're given because they haven't learned how to control it yet. It's like giving the 15 year old the Ferrari, not a good thing generally. So it is having the discipline around that and now will lead into a couple of the other things that we'll talk about later with habits. But the mindset, as I teach people, to be successful takes two components really, especially if you're selling yourself. So if you're a doctor, an attorney, you're an accountant and you sell your services, okay? There's nobody else out there selling your, you. You have to go and acquire your clients. It comes down to really two things, skill set and will set. Skill set is, you know, did you pass your CFP exam? Did you pass your professional engineering exam? You know, your technical knowledge as a coder, the, the nitty gritty actually doing what you're doing. Especially if you're an entrepreneur, that's a small component. You need to run the company. You need to sell. You need to take care of HR. You need to take care of bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. You need to take care of all these other components. So it comes down to the will set. And this is where doing difficult things like running marathons, like being a martial artist, like uh, mastering a, an instrument because you have to practice, even when you don't feel like it, it develops that will set. So when you face adversity, which happens to everybody, you don't give up at the first sign and you can keep going and get through the barriers, get through the tough components because that's gonna happen whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your physical health, your mental health. So having a well-developed will set is the critical thing to success in all these other areas. Totally. I mean, <clears throat> I was like listening to someone, I forgot who it was, but it's like, you need to show up and be that person, even when you don't even feel like it, you know, mm -hmm. like if you don't feel like sitting down and typing, you know, words for your book or practicing that instrument, you do it, you yeah. sit your ass down and you work on it because you're not going to get it by not showing up every day. You know, you Stephen have King has written like 80 books and he says that you know, a professional shows up and does their job even when they don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what's the difference between convenience and excellence? So this is something that is really important because in the past 30 years or so, as a society, we have moved so far to convenience. When I was a kid, if I had to go find something out, I had to go to the library, look in the card catalog, find the right uh, books and look it up, grab multiple books and read yeah. it all the time versus being able to just GTS, Google that shit yeah. and find it like this, okay? So there's this on demand. When we were kids, you had to take pictures and you'd bring the roll of film and a week later you'd find that your finger was over half or <laughs> then they had Polaroids. Now it's literally snap, oh, don't like that one, snap, oh, don't like that one. People can take a thousand pictures in two minutes to find the two good ones that they put on Instagram to fool other people that their life is wonderful. So you know, we can order any food we want at any point exactly. and it'll be delivered to you. I know people who like order from the McDonald's five minute walk away because they're too lazy to walk to McDonald's to get their gut bomb and you know fries that are going to close. Oh, yeah. Right? So if you exclude COVID, 
which is a compounder of these other things. Nine out of 10 leading causes of death in the United States are lifestyle diseases, heart attacks, uh, lung cancer, other cancers, smoking, diabetes, okay? And COVID is a, a compounder on all of these. So a lot of the uh, deaths that they send were from COVID were from you know heart problems that took them over the edge with COVID and things like that. So those are all a reflection of people making the easy choice consistently because everything's at their fingertips. Like when we were kids, you had to roll down the window of the car and you literally had to roll it down. And the door itself was made out of steel and weighed more than I did. Now it weighs 15 pounds and you have a button and it's taken care of. You know, when we were kids, they would say, get up and change the channel. You get up, you walk over, you change the channel. And there were only three. I sound like a grumpy old man here, but you'd walk over, you change it, and you sit back down as opposed to click, click, click. Yeah. So having everything at your fingertips, having instant gratification. I mean, people go on Tinder and just swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh, like yeah. this one, like this I one. Know. As opposed to actually having to go on out and interact with people and get rejected and develop game and be able to talk and learn how to flirt and all these other things. Now it's just, okay, you know, you take your thousand Instagram pictures to find the three good ones and you put them up and up there and people, you know, basically swipe until they find what they want. Yeah, well, and now like, People don't even like call people anymore. It's a texting world. It's like, if you get a phone call, you're like, oh my God, they're calling me? Like, this is so weird, you know? It's, and here's the it thing. It really is. It's the American disease, I say. And it, it's it's a very much uh, Western culture disease in a lot of ways. And everything is tiny and surface. So we live on sound bites. We live on the headlines and the picture underneath instead of having the long form reading of the article or actually going and researching stuff. And so people make snap decisions yeah. and we have short cycles in terms of everything. And that's the next crisis, the next crisis, the next crisis. So there's not the investment and development, whether it is in the skill set or the relationship or what have you. And that's one of the reasons why the cover of the book has this cool nonlinear growth curve, because if you take the time over an extended period, that's how you develop a stronger relationship. That's how you develop a greater skill set. That's how you put yourself through the difficulties and the grind so that you can uh, stay on path and ultimately succeed better. And this is one of the reasons why we're seeing less people participate in team sports, less people participating in organizations. You know, uh, you know people who are saying, oh, I don't need to go to college. I'll just learn to code. And you know, and missing out on the other 85% of what the college experience is supposed to be yeah. so that they can discover themselves and broaden their mind, broaden their horizons, which leads them to new experiences and potentially finding their mission in life in ways that they wouldn't find if they were just taking online classes that they had total control. And this is why I feel like a lot of people don't reach their goals is because we live in that instant gratification that when they don't see like a result right away, they just give up on themselves and say, well, it's not meant for me, but you got to take your time. And like you like we were talking about earlier, you got to show up and be that person when you don't want to be that person. And I think people need to learn is patience and patience is a virtue. And that is something that we're missing too, you know, in this culture that we live in, there's no patience. It's like, oh, my package from Amazon isn't going to be here next day. I have to wait five days. Like I'm not even going to order that item, you know? And yep. it's, 
it is kind of a scary world. Like I am afraid for my children in some ways. I mean, with my generation, I was kind of on like the cusp, you know, like the, I, like the cell phone just came out, like when I was in high school, you know, when we had like the beepers and the pagers or whatever, and people still had landlines. And I still was like that generation that was playing outside and we got to have like some of the technology. I mean, we were like the last generation to really enjoy that stuff. And now like kids don't go outside and everything's on technology and my son doesn't even know, like, why can't I have this now? You know? And it's like, not everything is just now, 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 you know? And I grew up on a farm. So that was actually a good thing because, you know, those animals needed to be fed every single day. You weren't taking a day off. And on the farm, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. I like to eat. I like to eat a lot. That's one of the reasons why I run long distances so I can eat more. But the other thing is that there was a rhythm to things. You planted and the seeds had to grow. And then they'd grow into the plants and then you would harvest. And so you understood the time that some things took. And so, yeah, you want to have that harvest, but you know you can't change it. So you need to accept things that take time mm-hmm. while simultaneously learning, okay, some things can be accelerated. Like I can multitask, I can read books, and I can do these other things. I don't have to wait five years to learn all this information. I can practice more and accelerate my learning curve so I can get my next rank in Taekwondo quicker. I can learn to play this instrument in six months instead of three years. So there are things where you can learn to compress it and some things that you just have to accept. You know, you're not going to have a baby in less than nine months. It's just the way of the world. So having that understanding of timing is one of the things that unfortunately because we're in a digital world where as you said it's always on demand it's always there and it's accelerated in a lot of ways you know it used to be okay you'd order from amazon and be there in four days and you were cool with that then it was three days that was two days now it's like i ordered it why isn't that my door instantly like in the old roadrunner cartoons where wiley coyote orders something from acme and it shows up you know five seconds later that is literally what people are moving towards in terms of their expectation. Now imagine down the road, if we have like Star Trek replicators where it's like, okay, I want Earl Grey tea, hot, and boom, it's there instantly. Or I want Step this, and the 3D printer prints it for you, and you have it two minutes later. Yeah. Um, and going back, like what you're talking about, like growing up on the farm, like it's discipline. You have to be disciplined to wake up and like feed those animals. And it's like showing up at like five in the morning to feed the chickens or whatever you have to do. I know farming, it takes discipline and you got to do it every day. You got to clean the shit. You got to like feed them. You have to brush them. And And if not, there's a short feedback cycle uh, between action and consequence. And we've, even though we've had an acceleration of uh, process and everything, we've actually had a huge disconnect between action and consequence. So somebody can go and even if they're married, get 10 different dating apps on their phone, open a dozen profiles, be able to interact with a hundred people in that day and their spouse doesn't know about it for months. They can literally go on out and have an interaction with somebody 
while married and not have to deal with the consequences till down the road. You know, they could, somebody can go and put something on a credit card and, uh, you know, spend a ton of money and not have to deal with the consequences of it for six months. People can go and avoid their responsibilities like in school and play video games instead of uh, cracking the book and not have to deal with the consequences for another four months, six months. So we've got this weird combination where they can have everything instantly, but they don't have to pay the price for it because there's always a price until down the road. And so if they keep kicking the can down the road like the politicians have been, then it gets worse and worse and it compounds. So avoiding that difficult thing now is creating a huge amount of difficulty and pain in the future. That's gonna hit them like a tidal wave. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of that movie Click with Adam Sandler. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he mm -hmm. gets this like remote control for life and he can like fast forward through the things that he doesn't want to like participate in, like with the kids, like the kids will be talking to him, he fast forwards. Next thing you know, he's has a lot of money, but like the relationships aren't there and he's missed so much, you know, and he just wanted that instant gratification. And that's like a good reflection to like with yourself, you know, like you can't just fast forward through life and expect to have the result that you want. You're going right. to have, there's going to be a consequence and that's going to cause relationships issues, whether that's with your children, your spouse, whatever relationship issues with yourself, you know, like, yeah, because everybody's externally focused in a lot of these ways that they want, you know, the shiny object that's out there instead of, you know, having to work for a, a long way and the work, the process of it becomes enjoyable, which is one of the things that runners and martial artists have is, okay, yeah, a lot of them are working towards the next belt rank or the next race or the next tournament, but it's the daily training that they really enjoy, the, mm -hmm. you know, camaraderie, the you know, doing the things, the pushing yourself, hey, I went, you know, I, I had this great speed workout today, or, you know, I did these forms this morning, and I had a couple of perfect techniques that felt awesome. And you get involved in that process, as opposed to, hey, you know, somebody's going to give me the shiny, you know, medal or the participation trophy or whatever, mm -hmm. on, you know, for, you know, being there. Or, you know, I get to go shopping and I get to like buy the new shoes or the new car or whatever, or I get this promotion or whatever. People who are too focused on the external in too many ways. And so social media actually has continued to help reinforce this and promote this. And by the way, social media, if you look at how it affects the brain, is just like cocaine. It does. It, it, well, they literally to hit the same receptors. Well, they literally study it. Like they have a whole department on how can we get these people's adrenaline going so they keep coming back. Let's yeah, give them pop-up notifications. I mean, there's so many that even like for commercials, like what the government does, like yeah. there's, they psychoanalyze the shit out of us. Excuse my French, but it's like, they know how to push our buttons change our thinking and go with the agenda that they want to proceed. So, I mean, they, I mean, the CIA, I mean, I'm kind of going off topic here, but they literally have like CIA programs to like on test people to figure out how we can get it to the mass society. Former intelligence officer, this is all playbook. What'd you say? I'm a former intelligence officer. This is all playbook. Oh, I know it is. I know. 
I'm out of the matrix. I know what's going on. You know, I am no idiot. Like people think I'm crazy, but I know I was going to ask like what you used to you know, do. People thought that, you know, Albert Einstein and everybody thought Max Planck and the other quantum physicists were insane. And yeah. the only reason we have iPhones today is because of those guys. So yeah. just because it's not generally accepted doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just because they don't want you to have that because they want you on like whatever, what was going on, like the, the high up people, you know. Oh, look, Kardashians. Oh, look, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh, like, look over no, here. What's look going over on here over here? This is going, it's like the Roman times, like when Rome was falling. Red and circus. And it's, that's why they had the gladiators and stuff. So you yeah. really didn't know of all the economic distress and like all the other things going on. They were distracting the people. I mean, it's generations and generations. Football and beer so. is the equivalent. Huh? Football and beer is the modern day equivalent of beer and circuses. Oh, and yeah. Any but one of your listeners should read the book, Howling Out the Empire, about the fall of the Roman Empire and look at the parallels between that and American society today. Well, history always repeats itself. That's why sometimes they don't teach the true history because they don't want you to know that that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we can go on and on for another topic about that, but... <laughs> Bringing it back. So what are some three key takeaways that someone can apply now to their life to have these daily habits? So three things. First is that people should focus on giving more than they get. I have a theory called, I call it economic altruism, or you can call it capitalistic karma, where if you always deliver more than what you're paid for, if in any transaction, relationship, whatever, you give more than you should so that the other person feels like they've got profit in that exchange or relationship or what have you, you're going to, yeah, you might get screwed occasionally, but you're going to build a wonderful life. You're going to build credit in the community. You're going to build credit with the universe you're going to adopt a really positive mindset because of how you program your reticular activation system if you're focused on serving and giving others just make, you know, with an eye out to make sure you don't get screwed because there are unscrupulous people out there. So if you do that, it might not pay dividends in the short term. In fact, it's probably gonna hurt when you do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're gonna get screwed short term, but long range, you're gonna sleep well at night and you're gonna have a great life. So give more than you're expected to and more than you get is one key to having tremendous excellence on range. Yeah. You got to give without expecting to receive back. That's perfect. Because then you'll just be disappointed. Yeah. You know, if you expect to be giving yourself to people and like expecting things back, you're just going to be disappointed. In having you expectation to leads to anxiety because anxiety is a disconnect between reality and expectation. So if you have no expectations, you know, as Marcus Aurelius says at the start of meditations, today you are going to encounter fools and stupid people. You know, people suck. If you go into that with that approach and everything, but you know what, I'm still going to try and love everybody. You're going to be okay long range. Mm -hmm. okay, so that's one. Uh, the, yeah, the second one and the third one relates back to it. And this is a little bit longer. So in every situation that we're in, there are really two choices that we can make, two types of choices. 
The first is the easy choice. What feels good in the moment? So I'm going to eat, you know, these donuts as opposed to eating healthy. I love donuts. You know, that's one of my few vices. So I can do that. But if you keep eating the donuts, you're going to get diabetes and your pants are going to fit and you'll have a heart attack and all these bad things. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to play video games instead of studying. All right. Then you're going to fail. You know, I'm going to avoid the difficult discussion with my business partner or with my uh, significant other. Right? You avoid those difficult discussions long enough, business folds or, you know, they have an affair because you're not fulfilling their needs. So what feels good in the moment is generally going to take you down the harder path and things are going to get worse and worse and harder and harder. Yeah, just compounds or, on top of each other. Exactly. Or you can do the hard thing now. You know, I can go for a run instead of sitting here eating Cheetos and watching The Bachelor. And, you know, that run in the rain might be nasty, sloggy feet, you know, it's gross and all that, but it makes you better. It makes you stronger. It makes you healthier. It makes you more resilient. So things come easier. You have a longer, healthier life. Yeah. Okay. Cracking the book and studying, you're going to pass the test. You're going to get a better job. Having the difficult conversation with your boss means that they're not going to screw you and you can get promoted eventually. So you end up in a better economic situation. You know, telling your significant other, hey, I don't like, you know, that interaction that you're having there, you know, opens up the conversation. It could be difficult, you know, because you're exposing that pain, but you're exposing the little pain before the huge pain of, you know, the cheating, potentially. Mm, yeah. So it, if from a, a, a chemistry point of view, thinking like a scientist, there's an activation energy. So doing the harder thing up front leads to the much easier life. And so if you can consistently choose to do the harder thing, you're going to actually have a much better day, week, month, year life. And it becomes a habit to do that overall. And habits ultimately are what determine our future. So choose to do the more difficult things and just you'll adopt that mindset. And that's how you become excellent across the board in multiple things. Totally. And the last one? And so the last one is, do something each day that scares you. That's a good one. And do it early because let's say it's picking up the phone to call that potential huge client and it scares the crap out of you. Well, you call them and either you don't get them on the phone, but it took so much energy to call them that, you know, it's like lifting the really big weight. You, know, you get rest afterwards, you'll get stronger. Okay. Or, you know, they say no but you face that and you no longer have the false security blanket of, oh, you know, they'll buy at some point. Or they say yes, and then you're in a good situation. You know, if that thing that scares you is um, uh, like facing a spider, okay, so you face the spider and you don't die. And so you become a little bit more uh, stronger. You become a little more resilient. You build the will set more, like we were talking earlier. So doing something that scares you every single day makes you that much stronger, build your will set, which then carries over into every other aspect of your life. So you can improve and be able to then take on bigger challenges, whether it's with work or, you know, asking out the really pretty girl or telling your kid, you know, having that difficult conversation with them to prevent them from doing the bad things or yeah. launching your business or what have you. So doing the scary things is sort of like doing the difficult things in that it grows and develops you into an entirely different, better person. Yeah, there's always so much growth within yourself when you step out of the comfort of yourself. 
you know, when you just step over the line and like do something that kind of scares you, that means you're going in the right direction. Normally, you would think it would be the opposite because your paradigms want to keep you safe. They want to keep you complacent. Yeah, the, and, the brain's there to protect the body. And so it's like, yeah. oh, no, no. But literally, we have another, we can do two to three times what we think we can do. So mm -hmm. when you get to the, that line and you're starting to get afraid, just take one step over it. Don't, you don't have to go, go crazy and go well beyond it. One step. Yeah. And that's enough to slowly expand your level of comfort and your capability. I mean, I run ultra marathons. I didn't start running 70 miles right out of the gate. Hell, when I was a kid, I was asthmatic. I couldn't even run around the front yard. Yeah. But I built it up and built it up and built it up and pushed myself and did the difficult things and got to the point where I was ready to pass out. But I did it. Or occasionally I did. All right. But I didn't die from that. Okay. So you push it and push it and push it. And then eventually you can do incredible things. You know, mm -hmm. lifting heavier weights. You start with just the 45 pound bar and you're when you're like a hundred pound weakling and you put that up a bunch of times. Then you put two and a half pounds on the side. Then you put another two and a half and you put fives and then tens. And then eventually you can lift 150 200 pounds yeah but you build up to it by that continuous expansion perfect that's so true um so i do have four questions that i ask all my first time guests and the first question i have for you is who and what inspires you so this is going to sound weird because i've got like all sorts of um people who have I've learned from, I've had mentors and all this, but really the person who's inspiring me most right now is my 11 year old autistic son. Yeah, He's autistic, he's ADHD, he's as scrawny as I was and uh, he's, there's bad situation and I just got divorced and all that. And he is holding it together and he's trying so hard. And when I talk with his teachers and I talk with him, I, I told my kids, cause my kids are all wicked smart that the only things that I care about are their effort and their attitude. Yeah. And my youngest is really doing well, even with all the chaos, even with all the difficulties, everything thrown in front of him. He's got good attitude and he's making good effort consistently. And you can see the improvement and others are too. So that, you know, my little guy is inspiring me. Oh, I love that. Um, and your, the second question I have for you is, what is something you wished you knew when you were younger? One of the things that I wished I knew when I was younger was it's not gonna last forever in a lot of ways. So I'm almost 50, I level up in a couple of weeks. And at 43, I buried my best friend. Yeah, he ended up having leukemia and passing on. He left behind five boys and his wife. And his wife is one of the strongest people I know. She's senior vice president for a major company. You know, she handles, I mean, she needs a project manager just to handle the kids' baseball schedules. That's how complex it is, plus work and all this other stuff. And if I had known 10 years ago that I was going to lose him, you know, those couple of times when, you know, we want to get together and not feeling about it, I would take advantage of those things. You know, when my mom ended up developing cancer and passing on really quick, when my friends, you know, who overdosed. So 
it goes quick. Don't waste it. And yeah, I'm a workaholic in a lot of ways. I love what I do, but spend more time with the people that you care about and realize that instead of having 50 gazillion friends on Facebook and all these connections, focus it. Find the people who are good for you, that you are good for, that you really like being around and invest more time there because it is worth it. Totally. I think that's great advice. I know I speak to a lot of people and a lot of them say, we just got to slow down in life and cherish the moments and, you know, take a break and be with the people that we love the most. Because like you said, you know, we don't have forever. You don't know when it's going to end. And one thing that we do know that we all have in common is death, whether that's later in life. Life is the ultimate STD. You get it from unprotected sex and it's always fatal. Yeah. So if you go into it with that approach and knowing that how long you have is completely uncertain, you're not going to waste time. You're not going to invest time with people who don't care about you. If you find your tribe, your weirdos, the people that you love, people that you make you better and you make them better, you know, really double and triple down. Yeah. Um, so my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine? So the essential part of my daily routine is my morning habit stack. And your listeners have probably heard James or read James Clear's Atomic Habits. And this is actually critical. So uh, I get up, uh, now I get up at 4.15 in the moment, morning, go grab my cup, my cup of coffee that's ready to go from the night before, turn on the coffee pot so I have a brand new cup, uh, pot ready to go. I sit down, I do reading every single morning. Right now I'm reading The Daily Laws by Robert Greene. Last year it was Daily Stoic. Uh, then I read my own book actually and do the action items in there. So that's the first part. I brain dump out anything that's in my head. And then I go and I work out for 20 minutes. You know, go get a quick run, do some martial arts, whatever. 20 minutes, you know, plus or minus a couple of minutes. Then I sit down and I write again. I write for, when I was writing the book, it was like two days minimum. Now it's, I write for roughly 20 to 30 minutes and then I do my second workout. So that morning habit stack, I've written, I've read and researched, so I've learned something. I, uh, I've worked out my body, I've worked out my mind, I've worked out my spirit. I uh, connect with my best friend. You know, we send messages back and forth in the morning. So I'm up well before she is uh, and a couple other people. So I've made, done those connections that are important to me. So that overall hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes from 4.15 to say 5.30, 5.45 in the morning, I get done more in that time than most people get done in a day. And if I get hit by the bus afterwards, doesn't matter because I've had a good day. I've taken care of what I need to overall. So when the morning, win the day, that habit stack to me allows me to then set up the entire rest of my day. It doesn't matter what chaos happens, what disruptions I have for my kids or work or what have you. I have been successful for my day because I got it done before the sun. Yeah. I even notice a difference with myself. Like when I wake up at five and I do my workout and I listen and I work out and I listen to my, I am affirmations, like as mm-hmm. I'm working out, you know, as I'm like, okay, I'm killing two birds with one stone, but I notice like my attitude when I do it and when I don't do it, you know? Um, and the attitude's so good and you feel so good. 
that the days that you don't do it, you're like, why the hell didn't I do it? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Usually it's because like my kid somehow knows I'm up and then he wants to come. He's like, no workout. And I'm like, Shh, go back to bed. It's too early. No, that's when you up, tell him, you know? yes, workout. And you know, show them you work out every day because that will model the behaviors and habits that yeah. will help them for their entire life. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's gotten a lot better. He's like, you're doing your workout? He's like, I want to do, I remember one morning and he was like, I want to do it too. And he was like trying to do it. And then he wanted me to start the video over again. Cause I do beach, but I do it at home, you know? Okay. And, um, and yeah, so it was, it was cute though. He's, he's getting it and he likes it. And he's like, look what I'm doing. Um, and, and you know what? That's awesome because he's learning, you're bonding with him. You're having fun. You'll have stuff that you can laugh about down the road. And also, you know, you're getting a whole bunch of additional endorphins from him being there and doing that and laughing. Yeah. So you're actually getting extra workout. Yeah. I'm getting extra workout for sure. <laughs> okay. And then my last question to you, Joe, is the best advice you've ever received. Best advice I ever received. Actually, I got from my dad uh, when I was in graduate school. And I was going off to a conference and my dad told me in every session, you know, in, in the entire conference, look for the pearl. And we talked about it. So every class that you take, look for that one idea, every interaction, every podcast, try and grab one thing that you can really learn from that. And very often pearls come from that sand that gets in the oyster. So it's grit. Okay. It's something that is annoying but they build this beautiful object around it. So there's a learning lesson there. So even in a bad situation, you can take away a pearl. And if you can string together enough pearls, you're going to have a very rich life. Yeah, and a very beautiful necklace. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was such an honor to have you on. If you guys want to get in touch with Joe, all of his information will be linked below in the show notes. Um, do you have any last words before we go? Yes, be excellent and grow today. All right. Okay, guys, thank you again. And I will see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you in the next one.